ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 109th ever show of all around sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, post-July 4th, the sports world started to slow down a little bit from its absolutely incredibly hectic pace of uh, uh, the month of June. And up here in Boston, where it uh, has literally been off the charts, uh, as I've said the previous couple weeks, the last two weeks of June were probably the two most interesting and or exciting uh, nonstop weeks in Boston sports history. And although this week was a little slower, it wasn't without, uh, you know, without its news, uh, specifically, um, the Bruins shook up the hockey world up here, which is a very big world up here in New England, uh, by trading phenom Tyler Sagan. Sagan, uh, we touched on this last week, and it was a huge story leading into uh, the long July 4th weekend. The trade actually occurred on July 4th. And then uh, Bruins made more news by signing goalie Tuka Rask to become the richest, uh, most well-paid goaltender in the NHL. Eight years at $56 million. And interesting when you look back that uh, Rask... Uh, was an unknown entity until he had that playoff run, which, of course, was prompted by the amazing Game 7 comeback from three goals down with 10 minutes to go against Toronto. They obviously won the game, and Rass then proved himself to be a world-class goaltender, leading to him getting paid big time. So, uh, well-deserved, and looks like the Bruins have themselves a goalie for the foreseeable future. Uh, on the flip side, bad news yet again for the Patriots. Uh, cornerback Alfonso Denard was arrested for suspicion of DUI out in Nebraska. He went to school in Nebraska. And uh, it couldn't be worse timing, obviously, uh, in the wake of the Aaron Hernandez arrest, which is still uh, unfolding. Details continue to emerge on that. And uh, for Denard to have this happen, he is on probation as we speak for assaulting a police officer. Uh, he had gone to trial and 
is, I believe, scheduled to serve jail time in March of 2014. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the Patriots do. They did release a statement saying how extremely disappointed they were and that they were collecting more facts, researching it. And that's where we stand as of today. But uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch uh, how they handle this one, especially in light of owner Bob Kraft going against the advice of his lawyers to talk with three hand-picked media members up here in the Boston area to talk about, to talk about for the first time, uh, the Hernandez, uh, arrest. So again, never a dull moment. That's for sure. In any other week, that would be all pretty big news. And it was indeed, but compared with the previous two weeks before that, uh, nothing, nothing could be, uh, quite as, uh, dramatic as, as what went on here at the end of June. So, looking at my highlight of the week, uh, going to have to go back a few days here, but it was such a impressive highlight that I've got to give it to Wimbledon, to Andy Murray. Woke up last Sunday morning, tuned right in, and it was absolutely the highest of high drama. Obviously, an Englishman looking to become the first Brit to win the Wimbledon Championship in 77 years. And it was flat out the most dramatic three-set tennis match I've ever seen. It went right down to that final game, and even though he was already up 2-0 in game, in sets, only needing to win three since he was going against Jokovic, number one player in the world, you felt he just had to put him away, and he had a couple of chances, especially in that final game. And Jokovic, showing the champion that he is, kept coming back, and he just would not let the match end. And so, again, you just felt watching that match that if he didn't win right then and there to sweep it in three sets that, Jokovic might come all the way back and uh, administer further heartbreak to literally an entire nation. Uh, but Murray deserves all the credit. He continued to gather himself on a couple of occasions, especially in that final game, and pulled it off. And it was just spectacular uh, to see the entire country completely consumed in all of this. Some of the shots were just spectacular during the match of... Uh, you know, everybody watching up on the hill outside the outside center court, as well as the shots they were showing from the gigantic crowd uh, gathered in a park in the shadow of London Bridge uh, was just, you know, fabulous theater. And then my favorite shot of all was when he went out on the balcony uh, and there were just thousands of fans below. It looked like the Pope. Uh, looking down on the masses in Vatican City. And, you know, I just thought, again, it was just spectacular. The emotion was genuine. And, again, uh, the entire country and probably everybody else in the stands, except for Jokovic's entourage, was, uh, was rooting for Murray to just pull it off. He did. And many people were saying it's, you know, <clears throat> the most significant uh English victory in any sport, maybe ever. Uh, 
And in fact, the prime minister said he was Andy Murray was probably going to be knighted. So good stuff all around. And uh, and again, just great theater for a three set match. I, uh, I could not believe the drama in that last game. My low light of the week was uh, Yasiel Puig not being voted to the All-Star Game. Uh, hopefully, somehow, some way, he ends up there. Uh, he is the story of this baseball season in his 40 games or so that he's played. He's done things no person, no baseball player has ever done before. That's all. That's all that really matters. He's, I believe, the first player ever to be named Rookie of the Month and Player of the Month uh, in the same month, and that was, of course, just ended in June, the, the month of June. So, anybody, any baseball fan wants to see this guy. His story is, you know. Uh, Already in such a short time, literally six weeks, has just gotten so many highs, so many lows. There's a lot of negative stuff coming out all of a sudden. And uh, he's just, you know, your quintessential five-tool-plus player. He's just been doing amazing things. And bottom line, I and I believe millions of other Americans would make it a point to watch the All-Star game, if he's in it, just to see him. And... uh, but unless something happens, I guess injury, which means he could then be put on the team, uh, he won't be there. Uh, although I have wondered from the beginning why he just couldn't be in like the home run derby or something. But hopefully he ends up there because I think that's going to really be uh, a significant determining factor in potentially raising the ratings. And baseball has issues. They, uh, they're, they're, Popularity is waning, and uh, it's created a big debate as to whether or not he should be able to go after such a short time in the bigs. But at this moment, he's not, and I think that's a sad thing. And lastly, my bizarre story of the week is Dwight Howard finally signing, picking a team, the Houston Rockets, over the L.A. Lakers, who he played with last year. Uh, our long national nightmare is over, at least for now, and uh, it has just been a, a, a tooth pull watching this situation, and it's like you can't get away from it. And Howard, all in all, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I, I thought he, you know, basically handled the whole process better than he had the previous two, meaning his, uh, you know, going in Orlando and, uh, you know, moving to LA. So. He's there in Houston. Kevin McHale's his coach, one of the great low post players ever, who I had the pleasure to watch frequently here in Boston during his playing days. And it's going to be interesting to watch how the uh, career of Dwight Howard unfolds going forward. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from outside the huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
football, and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football, and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of BAM Magazine. A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, doing great, John. Good to be here. Well, thank you, as always, for calling in. Uh, And we had some interesting news just come out yesterday on Marshall Henderson, the flamboyant basketball star, March Madness star, uh, from Mississippi, Ole Miss. And he was suspended from the team uh, yesterday after... uh, Yet another arrest for drug-related charges. Uh, apparently, had marijuana and cocaine, and he, of course, is just a fascinating player, to say the least. He, you know, he's a good player. Number one, he took the country by storm. Uh, you know, this past March Madness, he was very, very hyped, to say the least, uh, before and throughout the tournament. So what are your thoughts? I know you you know the SEC like the back of your hand. And uh, so just anxious to see what your thoughts are on Marshall Henderson. Yeah, John, Marshall Henderson, he's a, as you said, a flamboyant player. I mean, he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. He plays with a whole tree trunk. <laughs> Indeed he does. 
I mean, you know, he he goes into these opposing arenas and just taunts the crowd and and seems to elevate his game even more so when he's on the road and he's he's fearless and on the court and but he's a little bit reckless off the court as you know he's attended you know Utah Texas Tech then he went to junior college of South Plains so he's he's been on the circuit of schools and this recent incident might might be the punctuation to his career but I'm I'm still hearing there's a possibility there's a slight opening um so we shall see down the road what happens but you know he's a fascinating character and I think he could, you know, he brings so much enjoyment to the game, but if you can just tone it down a bit with, you know, he's so, has that, you know, malice towards everyone when he plays. And it, I think it affects the rest of the team to some degree and the Ole Miss fans. And it, sometimes it's embarrassing. So, you know, if he can corral his emotions, and I don't know if that can happen because that's been his lifelong uh, MO, uh, that is, you know, we shall see. Absolutely. Well, I, like many others, you know, he was, for me, certainly in the early rounds, appointment television uh, for March Madness this past year. I mean, I looked for when Ole Miss was playing. I wanted to see him. You mentioned his histrionics, and I think probably his most famous one is, uh, you know, where he did the the gator clap there with his arms uh, when he played at the University of Florida. Obviously a great team. Uh, and, you know, he's just a fascinating guy. And so am I correct in, am I hearing correctly? He's been to, he's attended four schools in the past four years. Is that right? Yeah, it's a number of years. I'm not sure how many exactly, but yeah, he started out there, uh, Utah and, you know, Texas Tech, and then had to go to junior college. So I don't know how many more chances you can give someone, uh, it's up to him now. He's really got to toe the line. He does. I mean, he was a Texas Tech. You know, uh, I, of course, have interviewed Bob Knight, uh, former coach of Texas Tech, but more, much more well-known for being the <laughs> former coach of Indiana, obviously. But then he was succeeded by his son, Pat Knight. Did Henderson play for – I'm sure he didn't play for Bob, but did he, did he play for Pat, do you know, off the top of your yeah, head? Yeah, played for Pat. Played wow. Pat, and then I, I believe when he was uh, relieved, then that's when he decided to transfer. Ah, okay. And uh, he said he, you know, I'm not not even sure if he ended up playing a game because you know when you transfer you have to sit out. Correct. So he he never did really suit up for him, but was there. Uh, okay. So you know, he, at least he didn't have to lean on, leave for some other reason. You know, he just decided to make a change on his own, but. But it's still a, a history of moving from one place to another, and that I don't know if that's too good on your record. Sometimes it, it gives it the wrong impression. Oh, absolutely! And uh, so his history of arrests—they've been more involved than just drugs, if I'm not mistaken. It's something to do with maybe credit card situation as well, and you know, yeah, so it's com- it's complicated, as they say. Yeah, counterfeit money and different things. So. He just seems to have that tendency to, to get in trouble. And I don't know how these coaches sleep at night, really, John, when you have that type of athlete on your a roster. I mean, you know what you're getting at this point, but uh, Andy Kennedy, you know, he's, he's, he was lucky to have uh, Marshall last year because it helped him get to the tournament and everything. 
and he was in a crucial year for him with his contract. So right. everything was good on the court, but off the court, it's always a fluid situation. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he has his hands full just, you know, keeping his star on the court, shall we say. It sounds like it's probably uh, a lot of effort needed to be expended by the head coach and his staff to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, one interesting thing, he got in trouble the last couple of days, was Chris Heron reached out to him, uh, I think it was maybe via Twitter, or he, and they had a, I think they had a conversation on the telephone as well. So he's someone who's been there, done that with the alcohol and the drugs and the, uh, the reckless lifestyle. So maybe he's taking those words to heart. But that that addiction, John, I mean, everyone's affected by it across the country. It, like they say, when it gets a hold of you, it's something to behold. And you really have to have a strong constitution and a strong support around you to defeat that <clears throat> demon. Yes, indeed. He, indeed, you're right about that. Uh, but, you know, Chris Heron, I can't think of anybody who would be better suited to reach out to Marshall and who might get through to him better than Chris Heron. Uh, you know, I heard him speak, and I talked about it on this show just a few months ago at my local high school, literally one minute down the road from where I'm standing at this moment. Afterwards, we spoke for a bit, uh, Chris and I. He, of course, uh, was a high school legend up here in Massachusetts at Fall River. I was literally driving through Fall River last Saturday thinking of him. And uh, most recently, Chris Heron absolutely dazzled and perhaps even stole the show at uh, the NFL's annual rookie symposium uh, put on by NFL Player Engagement, uh, whom I work for, and... uh, you know, Chris and I talked about that when we met at the high school last, again, just a few months ago. And let's just say I know they think highly of him at player engagement, number one. Number two, the rookies, uh, you know, just watching NFL Network that week and whatnot. Uh, and I also have written stories uh, about other NFL player engagement events where Chris spoke. He is just compelling, gripping to put it mildly, and, you know, I literally sat 10 feet away from him listening to his story, and uh, wow, it is just something to behold. It really is. He's, he's one of the great speakers in America, certainly on sports motivation or how to clean, how, how to get on the right track if you have troubles in sports, put it that way. Yeah. John, maybe Chris Heron is Marshall Henderson's round ball angel. I hope so. I really hope so, and, and trust me, I... I can speak from as you just as I just described very very recent experience and you know to be able to just talk to Chris afterwards literally one on one for five or so minutes uh, eye to eye you know when Chris Heron speaks you listen there is no other way to say it so I I, I think you could be right uh, you know maybe it will be uh, an intervention of the highest level to you know get Marshall back on track. I mean, he's clearly an NBA talent. There's no question about it. Yeah, he's quite a scorer up the bench. I mean, he could, what's the fellow play for Detroit Pistons there, Vinny Johnson, you know, instant offense. Microwave. You know, yeah, microwave. Okay, right, yeah. So <laughs> he, he could maybe provide that for some NBA team. He's on the smallest side for a shooting guard. But, hey, there's always room for somebody who could put the ball in the basket. 
Absolutely. He's an impact player. And, you, you know, who, who doesn't want that kind of a player? He, he's one of those classic, it's not, uh, it's not how much you score, it's when you score. And he certainly, you know, knows how to score at the right time. And, uh, again, he, he's fun to watch. What else can you say? He is just fun to watch. He's a guy, I, you know, I talked at the end of my first segment about Yasel Puig and, you know, the, the key to sports to me is, you know, who are you going to turn on your television to watch? Who are you going to stop, <laughs> make time for during your day or night to watch? And Marshall Henderson is one of those players. He just is. Oh, oh yeah. He, yeah, he brings that entertainment value that only a few can. And I know the NBA, they, they've had their issues with different players. But if this saga can end on a happy note, uh, I, I think there's always some team willing to to test the waters, so to speak. So I'm, I'm pulling for him, and, uh, you know, hopefully he'll get a chance to compete one more year in college basketball and not end up, you know, going through this dilemma that Chris Heron had to suffer all through those years. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, it's going to be interesting to watch, to say the least. And uh, speaking of... Troubled athletes or athletes getting in trouble this week. Uh, you know, we simply have to take a moment and talk about, uh, you know, Alfonso Denard, Patriots cornerback, who was arrested in Nebraska, uh, you know, back in his old college stomping grounds where, you know, he was arrested last February, I believe, for uh, February of 2012, excuse me, for assaulting a police officer for which he was found guilty, sentenced to jail, which is scheduled for March of 2014, believe it or not. And, boy, between, you know, in the wake of the Hernandez situation and, uh, you know, the fact that he is currently on probation, Denard, in Nebraska, and now he has this come up. This is bad. Yeah, John, it's a head-scratcher. You're thinking he's had multiple chances. I mean, even the judge, you know, made exception for him so he can uh, play football. And right. And what did he do with the opportunity? It looks like he squandered uh, that that chance. And now he put, he put his team, you know, in jeopardy. You know, you're not dependable because if you're not on the field, we can't count on you. I mean, he embarrassed the organization in the midst of all this turmoil with Aaron Hernandez and the NFL having all these players arrested since the Super Bowl. So, once again, it's a black eye for the league, for his team, you know, and for himself. Absolutely. And, you know, the kind of crazy thing is, you know, Knowing the NFL schedule, as I do, and you do, I'm sure, the truth is, you know, I didn't think anything of it until he got arrested, but, you know, it would have seemed like the likely time that he should have served his sentence would have been now. Because, you know, this is is that, quote, very short NFL offseason. There's just a couple of, you know, windows right now, and this is one of those windows where, you know, it's, it's... post a lot of OTAs and it's pre-training camp and 
I, again, I don't know how he got ended up with March 2014, and but like you said, it sounds like he got got an accommodation. But the truth is, you know, I, again, you know, it would have seemed like you know the the first open window. I think he was just convicted just a few months back. That the, the first open window would have been literally this very week, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds reasonable to me, and why that wasn't arranged as such, I don't know, but. It'd be curious now to see what the Patriots are going to do with him and down the road with these different draft choices when you hear all these or, or review all these red flags next to someone's name. Are they going to shy away completely from any questionable characters or people with questionable character? Oh, absolutely. I mean, given, you know, Bob Kraft speaking against his lawyer's advice, about the Hernandez case for the first time this week, and to have this happen just about immediately afterwards, literally, Kraft just spoke the other day, you know, early in the week, is, you know, uh, the pressure's on now. I mean, to, to say that the football world and beyond is watching the Patriots' next move is, a, is an understatement. It is literally, we, you know, we're on a high-pressure watch as we speak, waiting to see what they're going to do, and I can only assume they're... They said they're extremely disappointed and they're gathering more facts, but you know. Yeah, I guess they're auditing. They have, they have to do something soon. Yeah, John, I guess, I guess they're auditing their own evaluation system at this point. I mean, that's a good position to take when you're preparing before the press because certainly there's question marks about. Um, personnel and how they select these players and who's investigating their backgrounds and are you is that strongly considered or are you listening to a, a coach who's promoting that athlete or are you really being serious about your you know evaluation process correct correct plus i have to assume that they're just looking at this whole larger nebraska picture for denard i mean you know being arrested twice in the same city, I believe, Lincoln, you know, in such a short period of time. And, you know, how does the first arrest roll into the second arrest? And are they, you know what I'm saying? Just are they related? I, I, yeah. I, I think they're just trying to look at the whole picture is what I'm guessing that they're doing about now. Yeah, yeah, it's a compilation of things that happened in Nebraska. So <clears throat> maybe after they review everything, that there's some crowd that he's hanging with in that state, and they figure, well, we can assign someone to, to be with him and not, you know, stay stay in Massachusetts for the off season or something, but that's up to them to determine. But it's a, it certainly is a difficult time for the New England Patriots with all this uh, police blotter happenings. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's unlike we've seen anything we've seen really under the kraft Belichick regime um so again everybody's watching with bated breath to put it mildly and uh i'm almost uh, frankly a little surprised that you know they haven't cut him there's no other way to say it <clears throat> I, I literally thought when i heard the charge i i, I thought the next thing we were going to see within a matter of hours if not minutes was going to be that he was cut but hasn't happened yet it's been a been about a day or two so yeah we shall see yeah, uh, yeah, I, I was thinking that same thing, John. That maybe r right away you'd see it flashing on on the TV below. You know, Patriots cut 
you know, cut him. And uh, but you know, to maybe to their death, they're going to investigate, give him the benefit of the doubt. And I think that's always the best way. There's no reason to you know act r- rash and uh, you know consider all, all the circumstances. But we you know we'll see what happens and. It gives new meaning to the Patriot way, I can say it, I can tell you that. Yes, you know, the question is, have the Patriots lost their way? That's what everybody's wondering these days. So time will tell, and I got the feeling it's going to be a very short time on this one. So, uh, well, AP, uh, good segment, and too bad we have to talk about these types of things, you know, players getting in trouble. Uh that's not what we want to be talking about on a sports show, but you, uh, these things cannot be ignored in, in this, uh, you know, current climate, shall we say. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's grabbing a lot of headlines these days. And uh, the off season, what are you going to do, huh? No, it affects the play on the field. Uh, so totally. you have to bring it up because the personnel on the field, that, that affects the games. That affects the outcome. So you can't deny it, and it's, a, it's part of it sports nowadays right. and always has been by the way so you know right. I'm, I'm, I'm in no way insinuating that like this is something new this is as old as sports itself period going back to the days of ty cobb and the like so oh my goodness yeah it's, it's uh, always the boys will be boys personified and yep. they put their their antics off the field uh, no question no question uh Well, with that said, maybe we'll move on to some more positive developments in sports. So why don't we take our break now? And AP, I know you're sticking around on the other side. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports every wednesday you'll want to talk sports with touchdown tony collins and his co-host bill mattis tony's broken records and has been to the pro bowl and the super bowl we'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news action and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented to you by Outdoor Channel. On this week's program, we'll have Gary Hamby from Deer Dirt and outdoor writer Scott Bestial, and he'll tell us how to use chainsaws for deer management. Hey, we also have another outdoor writer, David Hart and Brent Eaton with Polaris. Hello, Polaris. When we talk about food plots and deer management. And as always, it's brought to you by Outdoor Channel and Ram Trucks. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we uh, I touched on my first segment about our long national nightmare being over, which is Dwight Howard actually picking a team in a timely fashion, that being the Houston Rockets. So I want to get your take on uh, the Dwight Howard saga. Yeah, I think, John, that he was I – don't, I don't think he really wanted to play with Kobe. He didn't like that iron-fisted big brother uh, act, and he was maybe he got tired of it. So he went to a team where he, he can fit in and – be a big star and not have to worry about somebody with that strong of a personality because he's he's a pretty uh you know big personality himself so and, and the other thing i thought about was he's with kevin McHale and he's one of the i mean he's the model for footwork that's emulated by big men he couldn't have gone to a more, a more perfect place to be taught by kevin McHale. Absolutely. I, I touched on that as well. Uh, literally the perfect coach he could ever have. And then, you know, we'll also have the resource of uh, Akeem Olajuwon, uh, who's still very visible on the Houston Rockets front, as well as Yao Ming. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of discussion that, you know, that the Yao Ming connection was kind of big here, given that Dwight Howard could, you know, use that strong Rockets connection into China that exists because of Yao Ming and, and you know, ride, ride in on those coattails to potentially, uh, you know, become a big name in the, in the largest market in the world, by far the largest market in the world. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that would be perfect for him. And, and then, you know, I think Jeremy Lin will ben- benefit from his presence on the court. So I think it's a good situation for Dwight. I mean, the only other place maybe if he went to his hometown in Atlanta. But he, he chose the Houston option, and we'll, we, we'll uh, have to watch with bated breath. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it was a good good choice. We already talked about the big man tradition down there, and I forgot to even mention Ralph Sampson. So, you know, the Rockets are an interesting franchise. I mean, you know, they they have a pretty nice basketball pedigree down there they really do you know a couple of championships uh you know a couple of other nba finals appearances uh you know uh, a, a long lineage of of stars and uh you know they, they just they love the rockets down in houston i was actually down there and the night of a houston rockets game regular season game just happened to be in the city for business and uh you know a couple years back and i was very impressed uh you know know, just the uh the buzz in the city 
for what was just, again, a regular season game. I mean, you, you know, they get good crowds. It's just simply a good franchise. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, no, it's not a wasteland for NBA basketball. They've had some great moments down there. So they, they certainly uh, respond when the team plays well. And as you said, crowds, you know, they fill the arena and the folks get excited. So I, I think it's uh, an interesting choice. And, and we'll see what happens with, with Dwight Howard playing for, for Kevin McHale. I'm really interested to see how he progresses offensively with his footwork because McHale, I mean, a lot of times you'd be out in the park and you're watching guys play and you said, man, that's a Kevin McHale move. I mean, everybody tries to copycat his, his moves. Oh, absolutely. I mean, his up and under moves were just, uh, along with many others, were just great. I mean, McHale is one of those very, very few players that I've watched in my lifetime who basically every time he shot, I thought it was going in. And basically, it's most of them did. Right. Yeah, same with me, John. He he was so smooth and and he had those, you know, uh, coat hanger shoulders and and gangly legs and long arms, and he just was a picture perfect to watch when he was in that post. Oh, he absolutely was. And, you know, going, flipping it to the other side, why did Howard leave the Lakers? You, of course, touched on Kobe, uh, and I think that was probably the main reason when right behind it, you know, was just the coach, Mike D'Antoni. He, he does not run a Howard, the, or excuse me, does not run an offense that, features a Dwight Howard. He just doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it was just a mismatch from day one. It just was. It was awkward all year long for everybody, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand the philosophy of trying to woo this big man, big superstar, and then you turn away from them with your offense. And that that was confusing to me, as I'm sure it was to Dwight Howard when he was playing on the team. So maybe he had enough, and I think that big brother, I can show you how to win from Kobe Bryant, didn't didn't set well. I mean, I, I don't think it set well with me when you when you're been in the league as long as he has, and you're trying to win, and and uh, it's not like he hasn't helped his team in the past. I agree. I agree. Um, plus, it you know uh, he wasn't. He likes to be the featured player. I mean, we may have seen the best of Dwight Howard right here in Boston when they beat the Celtics in a game seven. Uh, and I think it was the Eastern Conference finals, maybe the finals, whatever. And, you know, with the Orlando Magic. And, uh, you know, he was a force. There's no other way to say it. The, the Magic, believe it or not, were the first team ever to win a game seven in the Boston Garden, period. And, you know, that team went to the finals. They lost to the Lakers. But, you know, he, it was Dwight Howard and a, and a cast of, you, you know, mid-level players. I mean, Turkaloo was just by far easily their second best player, Jameer Nelson. But, you know, yeah. just not, a, I think, Richard Lewis. I mean, good team. But, you know, Howard was clearly the, the feature guy. And and that's what he wants to be again. And, and it got them to the NBA finals. So, um that's you know that, that's what he wants, and he wasn't going to get ever get that in L.A. No, no, and he'll have his chance, you know, with with James Harden, you know, he's an outstanding player, and you know Jeremy Lin, and you know maybe that trio can can act 
and you know get to the Western Conference Final and win that and get to the final. So should be interesting. It will be interesting. Uh, and with that said, we're going to take our final break here, and then when we come back, we'll talk a little baseball all-star game, which is coming up next week. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., uh, hard to believe, but this coming Tuesday night is the annual Midsummer Classic, as we like to call it. Uh, obviously, the dominant news is Yasiel Puig, the phenom, playing for the Dodgers from Cuba. Mystery, man of mystery in many ways, to put it mildly, uh, was not voted on to the All-Star team, uh, surprisingly, I think. Uh, everybody in America, including me, wants to watch him, but yet, at this moment in time, he is not going to be there unless somebody gets hurt, and then he gets, and Puig, therefore, would get invited to be on the team. So, what are your thoughts about the whole Quig story. Yeah, John, I think it's fascinating to to uh, see this young fella with only, I think, 142 career at-bats in six weeks in the big leagues uh, caused so much commotion, and people really want to see him playing that game, as you suggested. But, uh, you know, when you have a voting system where that's a possible outcome, you have to live with the results. So you, you can't. I don't think you can debate. You can debate the voting system, but I don't think you can debate the outcome of 
you know, his possibility of being selected for the All-Star game. It didn't happen, but it was it was fascinating to watch that whole uh, dynamic take place in the last few weeks. Quite fascinating. I think everybody just assumed. I know going back a week or two, and they said, well, you know, it's, it'll just be, if he gets voted in, then he'll go. I think at that moment, I just kind of thought, well, of course he'll get voted in, and that was the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Until just, you know, until just like 48 hours ago, when all of a sudden... The Atlanta Brave, uh, Atlanta Brave Nation, you know, got their guy voted in instead. And, you know, I think everybody was just shocked and voted in by a comfortable margin, I might add. It wasn't even close. Yeah. So yeah, they, were, they were doing more than that, that shop with the Braves. So the, all those people got busy, I guess, on the computer and, and they're texting and their cell phones. So they overwhelmed the vote. Yeah, exactly. Like, who knew? I mean, it just made me think of, you know, the, the power of the original superstation, WTBS, uh, which, you know, the Braves, although they, you know, have been known for having, you know, uh, attendance issues, shall we say, in all their sports, including the Braves. Uh, obviously, you know, Braves Nation can bring it when they want to, because they sure did on this guy, for sure. Uh, to win this vote, again, by just a wide margin. It, it was pretty shocking result, to say the least. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that there's a, a fake injury over the weekend and he gets a chance to be selected for the you know National League. And I'm sure it would increase the ratings of the All-Star Classic and the fans across the country would, you know, really enjoy watching him. Something tells me that's highly likely. It's just, you know, it's just, I I think somebody's going to get hurt this weekend, period. You know, I'm not wishing it. I'm just saying, you know, baseball being baseball, that's often the nature of what happens. And, you know, there's a lot of considerations beyond just a physical injury, as we all know, with, uh, you you know, managers and teams wanting to line up players for the second half and on and on and on. So there's, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting weekend on that front, Uh but, you know, growing up, I mean, the baseball all-star game was just a huge, huge deal when I was a kid. It was like, you know, one of the most important sporting events of the year. It was an absolute appointment television, can't miss. And, you know, gosh, when I was a teenager, I mean, it was just, again, you know, uh, one of the, the, the top night of the summer, period. I can remember you know, everything from, you know, a 15-inning game and I think, 1967 that I believe Yaz won to, uh, you know, Reggie Jackson's home run. I mean, all-star game lore is just spectacular through our lifetime. But yet these days, Puig aside, the interest is minimal, to put it mildly. Oh, yeah, John. I, I really enjoyed watching the – the two teams uh, compete against each other because you didn't have that interleague play. And then also you would see the former legends, you know, the legendary players come back and be introduced. And, and that, that's one of the reasons I watched the game today to see some of those other players come back. And, and, and of course uh, in today's world, I mean, it has something to do with the world series. Right. Which, which theoretically should make it, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, John. That's another reason to watch this game because the the winning side affects the World Series. Correct. And amazingly, 
you know, the game, like I said, when we were growing up, was much more popular than it is now. And back then it didn't mean anything. And now, you know, it decides home field advantage. <laughs> yet it hasn't had any effect at all. And, I mean, I'm not saying it's – that's the reason people don't watch. It's it's totally a baseball popularity thing. But yeah, it certainly hasn't, you know, you know had the desired effect of, you know, bringing people, you know, to the television – to see who's going to, you know, get home field advantage in the uh, in the World Series, and you know, you're right about you know watching the old time players. I mean, the, the all time classic, obviously, is Ted Williams up here at Fenway in 1999. That was just timeless. That that the, some of that video will live forever, no question. Oh yeah, and when we were kids, Sean. I, I couldn't wait to watch that game. It was like I said, I can remember that Reggie Jackson home run and. You know, watching all the players from the National League, and especially Roberto Clemente at the time, he's one of my favorite players. Uh, but it doesn't seem like the people have come to the sets and droves, even though this game affects the World Series. Uh, but like I said, that's why I'm hoping there's some kind of phantom injury, and maybe this, the, you know, Dodger player can be added to the team. Correct. Correct. I mean, he's. What he's done up to now is legendary, and if anyone is capable of doing something legendary this coming Tuesday night, and, and of all places, New York, to, yeah, being played at City Field, New, home of the New York Mets, it would certainly be uh, be him to say the least. So, um, and, and that would really, you know, elevate his legend to put it mildly. I mean, if. If oh, what he, you oh. know, if he shows up and does something quote legendary, uh, <laughs> this guy is really gonna, you know, rocket to even oh. more fame than he's achieved in just six weeks. Oh my God, John! Wouldn't it be unbelievable to have the the uh, bottom of the ninth? I, I can't remember who's the home team. Well, the home team, I guess, is National. But him at bat and uh, you know Mariano Rivera pitching against him. Oh, classic. It would be, you know, and I, you mentioned Roberto Clemente. I grew up near Pittsburgh. I used to watch him play in person at Forbes Field. For me, it was like then, you know, I wanted to see the American League players, like the 67 Red Sox, that team and stuff like that. And, right. uh, but, you know, what, it would, what has caught me, uh, you know, gotten me most interested in Puig is, of course, he on the surface, or at least in a short sampling, has the best arm I've seen since Clemente. He's doing things I haven't seen since Clemente <laughs> with his arm, throwing people out, that type of thing, you know, on throwing from, you know, right field on a fly to third base to nail people. It's classic stuff. Oh, yeah. You just you don't see that every day. Not at all. Not at all. It even reminds me of another pirate, uh... Dave Parker, who, if I remember correctly, had a legendary throw in an all-star game that uh, is still talked about to this day. Yeah, I, I believe you're correct on that, John. I, I recall that moment. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what we're talking about. And Reggie Jackson's home run, by the way, since we, we've referred to it twice now, is he was the first one to ever hit a ball out over the roof of Tiger Stadium, which was about 100 years old when he did it. So, uh, <laughs> so. That's uh, that. That's that little legend right there, to yeah, say the yeah, least. Yeah, Mr. October was Mr. July, that, that game. Exactly. And lastly, we talked about players. I mean, to me, 
couple years ago when it was held in San Francisco and they paraded out Willie Mays, who was uh, one of my favorites. In fact, when I was a kid, I used to always beg my father to take the, make the two-hour drive to Pittsburgh so we could watch whenever the Giants were in town. So we could watch, I could watch Willie Mays and versus Clemente. And I saw probably out of a dozen games I saw at Forbes Field, eight of them were Giants at Pirates. Oh, that, those are some memories you, you can't forget, forever forget. Ever. Ever, to say the least. Uh, well, on that note, you know, even with everything we've said, I'm sure I'll tune in. I can't help myself. I'm sure I'll tune in on, uh, on Tuesday night for at least a few innings. I sure will, John. I'll be watching myself. Looking forward to it. It'll be great. And, uh, well, AP, thanks again for calling in. The hour, again, flew by. And uh, appreciate you taking the time. Love your perspective. Thank you very much, John. Look forward to next week. Me too. And as always, Voice America listeners, thank you for listening to All Around Sports. We look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.